0: Let me answer it this way. If somebody asks me, you know, how do I get a leader to buy in at my organization? I'm not sure they're really bought into well being. I say, change jobs, <laughs> is what I say. Because being a leader and having that leadership commitment is essential, it truly is essential.
1: Welcome, everyone, to our very first podcast, the People First podcast. This should be pretty fun. I'm Troy Vincent, founder and CEO of Navigate Wellbeing Solutions, and we're excited to have you with us and really appreciate you joining us. Today, we're gonna to share a little bit about ourselves. Uh, we're gonna share why we are gonna have this podcast, why we're, why we're doing this, and we're also gonna uh, dive into the value of employee well-being um, with our very first guest of our podcast. Um, which uh, I'll introduce here in a minute. But first, I want to introduce and welcome our co-host, our chief technology officer, avid reader, Lego genius,
2: mm-hmm.
1: code data guru, and a damn good hockey player, Jeremy Knipper.
2: It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for have, uh, having me on. I appreciate it. Awesome. Excited to decided to dive in.
1: Welcome, my friend. So, Jay, we've known each other for over ten years now. Yeah. And um, I just. Give folks a little bit of background on how, you know, how you evolved to the employee engagement well-being space and the arena that we play in today. Like your career side of things and how you got there.
2: Sure, uh, I started. I'm from Florida originally. I started my career in the newspaper business. Uh, my dad uh, got me a job. Knew the executive editor of the local newspaper, and while I was going through college, got me a job there. I worked nights uh, on the website. Uh, spent almost eight years uh, moving up the ranks there, finished as the online editor, one of the youngest online editors in Gannett's history. Uh, at the time, I was about 27. My wife and I decided to move move on. We went to move to Iowa and uh, did some digital marketing for a while and then was recruited by one of the godfathers of employee wellbeing, Lee Dukes. Uh, if you're watching this. Haley, Haley. So he recruited me over to Principal Wellness Company. Principal Wellness Company turned to Accountable Health, Accountable Health, Hooper Homes. And now I have the great pleasure of working with uh, the people at Navigate Wellbeing Solutions. It is my absolute pleasure to be able to help people in this industry. So like that's where we first met at Principal and um,
1: Navigate, working with Principal and integrating a few things. And, you know, a few red stripes later, you and I navigate, voila. So when I think about, Navigate and where we've been, um, and how you knew us then, and, and what we're doing now, and the kind of the good things we're trying to do at Navigate, and your love of journalism and your time in journalism. I I go back to. And oh, by the way, there are going to be some history lessons th- <laughs> sprinkled throughout this podcast, so get ready. There's a great quote that the one said that journalism is the first rough draft of history. When I think about a company, and I think about their culture, and I think about well-being is is well-being the first rough draft of an organization's what
2: when you're thinking about what your organization should be and how to keep it true to your original values and goals that you've set out who i want this place to be and how i want myself or my team and my my company represented the way to keep true to that path is through your hr professionals and is through in part, employee well being. The single best way to maintain your culture and organization is to have strong, dedicated, passionate people, and even more to the point, strong, passionate, dedicated leaders. And so you can help achieve that through employee well being. It, it is sort of the core of taking care of those people. And we, we talked about navigate evolving with the industry. That's sort of been navigate's passion over the years. And that's one of the things that attracted me you know, uh, attracted me to, to what we were doing originally. And we started with, you know, a, a nutrition and, and steps and activity minutes and a, a very focused type pretty limited. It was pretty limited. We had a focus, we, we had a focus, we were dead on what we wanted to achieve, but we evolved over time in the same way. And in the same sort of flow as employee well being as a whole. So started doing more robust programming, started doing holistic programming, and we started talking about how we can take care of not just the individual, but prepare the organization for maintaining a culture. And I think that starts with taking care of your people. The people that are best suited to take care of your people are their leaders. And I think our platform, our service, our, our people can help you do that. Like, that's what gets me excited in the morning is... Enabling the people at Navigate to do that better,
1: you know, and that's where I think about where we came from. And you you learn lessons from your parents. You don't always know it when you're in the process, but like you you learn it through osmosis, right? It's like my mom being in HR for 35 years at at a at a local hospital system, you know, and you know I was a kid that would go bug them and all the administrators and everybody there, and and I'd be in the you know doing the inventory in the room in the back during the summer like that. But I saw my mom like the connection that my mom made between the docs and the nurses and her staff and also the community as a whole, bringing that together. And, you know, I remember running up on Fridays to make sure payroll got through. And, and then and that got done, you know, during the, those, all those things that HR um, did. And like, at the time, I had no idea what HR was. But like, when I think about today, like human resources, about bringing the human back into health and well-being and thinking about how we've talked about holistic well-being for a decade. And it, it wasn't anything original, um, it was really a combination of, of multiple things and quite frankly, one of the major ones was president, well at the time he was a general, General Eisenhower and the army Redi- degrees of readiness that he put together for the whole person needs to be like this, be ready to help our country. And so when you think about like all the things, like HR role is not diminishing. And I think we saw, you know, I hate using this phrase, but I'll use it like pre-COVID, Yeah, HR, people understood it. And I think like there was a giant wake-up call during COVID to show like HR, man, it's the epicenter of the organization. It's the heartbeat. And all the things that HR folks did and the professionals they did during COVID is astronomical, what they did. And if we start to come out of COVID, it continues to expand. And I'm hoping staff and budgets continue to expand. But I guess for me, I love the fact of how we started how we connect with that h r person to help them do their job better, easier, assist them in a very noisy vendor world, and how we can combine that with the lessons learned of like man, connect people to what matters most, right, like build a product that is good, have the best service for that h r person then constant and this is what you're you know just so awesome out here at navigate is that constantly meticulously. Improve on what we're doing, and I think that's where we think about what resources and what things we can give back to people during this podcast. Is like I think of the best companies and the best communities and the best people that I'm around, and it's like the sum of their parts, right? It's like they're all, all the things that they do to collectively together is what I see. Like you know, are some of our parts to navigate our sum is greater than our parts, right? We have amazing people and bringing that together. And once we're with someone, they kind of get it and like, okay, they do what they say they're going to do, right? And it is holistic and it is something that we really want to like acknowledge that that role of HR is we're here to help and we're here to do good things with that and we're here to do it through technology. To me,
2: that's like one of the the fun things we get to do. Like I said, it gets me up in the morning. It, you were talking about COVID. If there's any bright side to what happened to COVID, it's a renewal on the focus of the employee, the employee, and that the heart of your organization is every single person that comes in and just busts their butt for you every day. And that's who HR and leaders around the organization are there to take care of. And having the opportunity to come in every day and work with people who are dedicated to supporting people who support other people, it's a roundabout way of getting there, but it really brings sort of joy to my heart to to know that our job ultimately is to help other people. One of my favorite examples of that, Jay, is
1: recently. I won't embarrass her by saying her name, but like one of our senior account folks, her account. I was I happened to be at the meeting with them. They threw her a birthday party at the meeting because they knew it was her birthday. And like, how many times does a client throw a birthday party for an account manager? And I'm like, that this is the way business should be. Yes, people first. Number one priority, to navigate is our people first. Right. If we can't get that right first. And how in the world are we consulting with other organizations about their culture and what they're doing if we can't retain our clients, retain our employees, uh, make sure they feel cared about, make sure they have a culture of, of of learning and opportunities to say, hey, you belong, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, you belong, and let's let's help you, you know, grow personally and help you grow professionally. And to me, I think that's where what I get to do every single day within our culture and within the future of what we're doing is, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's the things that like really, I think that starts to, it's not the first draft what we're doing to navigate, but it's, we're starting to put the chapters together to put together a nice story of how you can do things for people first and really focus on that human factor of what's going on in the world today. So I mean, okay, cool. So what what brings us to this, Jeremy and I co-hosting is because you've got amazing technologists here, You've got uh, an opportunity for us to like. We bring our vision together between Jeremy and I. When we thought about how we could bring value to our listeners and why you want to continue to to listen to this podcast, we wanted to be very purposeful on um, the people that we brought on uh, to the podcast. So thinking about that first person to be on our first episode of our first podcast, um, it was pretty easy. We wanted to spotlight an amazing person who uh, is doing good things in the community, doing good things for businesses. And so we went right to one of our first clients of all time. And the perspective that I love is this is someone who worked with us in the past, now is a consultant, um, and has a perspective that not a lot of folks have. She's our favorite Texas AM and Aggie. And every time she comes to Iowa, it either snows or sleets, it's like five degrees outside right now. And um, I'm just really happy to introduce um, Leah Spohr, who's the Senior uh, Clinical Consultant and Shareholder at Holmes Murphy in Dallas, Texas. It's 70 in Dallas today. And uh, Leah, just thanks for joining us and thanks for coming to Iowa and bringing the ice.
0: Well, I'm happy to be here, boys. <laughs> and uh, yes, I, I always seem to bring the cold and the ice with me somehow, some way. So, you know, we can always do a remote podcast and can come to Texas. So... But glad to be here.
1: Probably a better idea. Next winter. Next, okay. Yes, it is. So, so Lee, just give a little bit of background. I mean, we've known each other for a long time. Like um, when we first met and kind of like how you were the wellness director at Baylor Healthcare and then it went to Baylor Scott and White Healthcare. Like give us a little bit of background, that connection and kind of being that director of well-being for 35,000 Docs and nurses down in the large healthcare system in Texas.
0: Yeah. So we're, you know, going back in the days, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to the uh, the OG stuff. So <laughs> starting at, you know, at, I was a a department of one at Baylor Healthcare System. It was back in mid 2000s and was given the task of start a wellness program. I'm in my 20s back then. I'm not That's not going to age me at all. But I'm thinking, what in the world do I do? How do I do this? You know, how am I going to, first of all, what is wellness exactly, right? What does that mean to people? And how am I going to do this? And one day, one fateful day, uh, a Chamber of Commerce event, our CEO at the time was the amazing man, Joel Allison. Joel, if you're listening, shout out to Joel. Go Baylor. That's right. And uh, he said, hey, Leah, I need you to come over here and meet this guy from Iowa. (laughs) Like, I I knew where it was on a map, but, you know, I was like, what? Okay, so go over, get introduced to Troy Vincent, curly hair guy, you know, standing up there in in front of us at the chamber. And he says, I've got this 100 day challenge that I think would be great for your people to do. (laughs) And I was like, sign me up. Let's go. Let's do something. Let's it sounds amazing. And so we started off from then. I remember vividly remember this from the time we met to the time we launched that first challenge was 30 days, 30 days. We did it like just instantly went kicking
2: off and
0: that's right. Shout out to Marcy. (laughs) And, you know, from there, the relationship grew and we've been, uh, you know, connected together in somehow, some way from all the way back in the 2000s, all the way to now. And uh, it's it's just been great to see where not only wellness has gone from there, but where Navigate has gone, where we all have gone as humans and stayed connected to each other. And so, yeah, that's kind of the, the history there.
1: And that was fun because it was like the community. It was Parkland. It was Methodist. It was Texas Instruments. It was like everybody coming together in the community, like, like the pop health side of things. And then it was like, okay, now what do we do next? And that was one of the great things when um, you and Becky Hall, hey Becky, it's like, hey, can you do this? And then can you do this? It's like the greatest R&D that we had between Principal Financial Group, Baylor Scott & White, hy Food Stores, like here's our R&D and we just kind of worked with these groups and just steady as you go, figure out how can we help connect people, engage people, what does wellbeing mean to you? And now evolving to the personalization that we have, and connecting all those dots. When you think about evolving to the consulting side, talk to us about your role now as that senior clinical consultant for you know hundreds of businesses through the HM family and what you guys do there.
0: So yeah, uh, you know, from going from being on the employer side to you know, leading up my own program and my own—I shouldn't say my—it was our program, right? It was a program of the people. But, um, now to helping other companies try to do the same thing, um, my role at Holmes Murphy is to do just that, to help employers figure out what well-being means to them, and then figure out what they need to do about it and how they can actually make a difference. What, what do they need to put in? what programs make sense for them? How do they communicate things to their people? How do they get people to engage? And one of the ways that I know that has been this success, you know, all the way from the time when I started using Navigate all the way to now is that you need that technology resource today, especially when you have, you know, thousands of employees, everybody's people, some people are remote, some people are on site. And even if you have a small employer, you know, that that's still right. Technology is where we're at and and where we've evolved to. And so that's part of my role is to help Employers understand what are the tools and resources that are out there that are going to help you achieve your goals and help you do just like you guys were talking about, engage those people and get them to sh- show them a way that you care about them. And so, um, I've found that, you know, seeing Navigate grow over these years and, and knowing the flexibility that it has, knowing the service that it has, knowing the configurability that it has, all those things are what people and organizations are looking for. And so that's why I, I still love working with you guys and then taking, taking the Navigate family and programs then out to all these other employers all throughout the nation.
1: You talk about flexibility and configurability. So Jay, when you think about how we build our technology, we talk about building engines. Mm-hmm. Talk about how that might be different than others or how you see that as a understanding like how we're integrating things and how, how that matters to being able to be that flexible.
2: I think it starts with a business philosophy, not necessarily technology. It starts with, we're committed to doing what our clients need us to do. We're committed to evolving. We're committed to not necessarily being the most scalable solution and the lowest cost solution. We're committed to building the programming and the content and the communications and you know the the design of an incentive program that our clients look for not necessarily us to say this is what you should do we want to work together and understand your needs and what's special about Baylor Scott and White or Hiy or connecting matters. people to what matters exactly yeah
0: and I think that's where we all work together right is as the consultant's role, the clients want us to help them figure out what that is and same thing from you all then you provide the ability to do it, and so I think it just makes a great, you know, connection of how we all continue to see evolvement in that employer space.
1: And Lee, go there for a minute. Like when you think about well-being at work, let's just say five years ago, yeah. and you think about well-being at work today. Talk to maybe about how that's evolved based on what your experience is and being in in you know in the trenches and now consulting for folks that are looking for ways to improve.
0: Yeah, the, the evolution of wellness to well-being is a real thing. And I've seen it, you know, firsthand, uh, not, you know, it it was already starting to bubble up a little bit before COVID and then definitely, you know, COVID hits. And like you were saying, there are some silver linings that have come out of it. Um, but really, when I'm saying the transition of wellness to well-being, what I'm talking about there is for so many years we were focused on just improving physical health and, and that nutrition and the steps. And, and those things are important and still very important. But I think what we have transitioned to these days and what we're trying to get more employers to transition to is this whole person well-being and the holistic well-being approach. And what I mean by that is focusing in on not just the physical well-being of a person, But also their financial well being and their social and emotional well being and their career well being and their community well being. Those are all pillars of well being. Those are all things that people think about that are part of how they are best wired when all of those things are working well together. And what I have seen over the years is, and this is more on an individual basis, many times. Many times, people that have a physical health issue or need, they can't get that managed well and under control and in a great state of well-being until some of these other essential areas of well-being are met. You know, it's very hard for someone that has diabetes that needs to get their medication and they can't afford it financially or maybe they even can't get a car to get to the you know pharmacy to go pick it up. All those determinants of health, I know that's a big word, but those, those determinants of health matter. And so I think that's where we are starting to see this big shift. And uh, more and more employers have realized that, especially coming out of COVID, of that, wow, the whole person does come to work how can we help that person get to their best state of well-being by meeting all those needs?
1: You brought up Joel Ellison earlier, and I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. We were, we were sitting in the giant hallway or giant uh, entries, um, of Baylor Scott and white, and he was going to give a speech and we're sitting there and I'm looking at his cowboy boots and the wonderful suit he had on. And, and I think I had air Jordans on at the time, but like, He looks at me and he's like pointing to like five different people that are working at the health system. And he goes, Troy, how do we bring value to that person? How do we bring value to that person? And this is a doctor, this is a nurse, this is a custodial staff. How are we bringing value to that person? And I'm sitting there going, this is a CEO of this giant. And he's sitting there going, how do I make sure that that person is cared for? And that was his mindset. That leadership was just like, he's still the greatest I think the 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 greatest endorser of well being of us of I've ever seen, and from cookbooks to going out there and talking to chambers and getting other businesses involved and creating like how do we help as a health system, how do we help employers and things like that. When it comes to leadership, where where do you put that as an X factor of an organization's culture, well being, and in the end, bottom line results of claims costs and everything like that. Where do you put the leadership in that variable?
0: Yeah, so let me answer it this way. If somebody asks me, you know, how do I get a leader to buy in at my organization? I'm not sure they're really bought into well-being. I say change jobs, (laughs) (laughs) is what I say. Because being a leader and having that leadership commitment is essential. It truly is essential. Because what that then creates is the ability for all the people to get behind and get the support they need to actually start making a difference. And there's less about having to feel like you're being told what to do or being like that you have to show that this works or this doesn't work or you're going to be taken off the chopping block with this program. Having just that that leader support is just Fully essential to having a successful program, p- component, all those things associated with well-being.
1: And Jay, when we like whiteboard, and we and we and we list we we do our surveys and we listen and we read every study and we whiteboard. What I love seeing in well-being programs now is how they're integrating career and they're integrating purpose. They're integrating, hey, do you know we have these other resources available um, to you? To me, that's where I I just I love the evolution of where well-being has evolved from the 165 question set that says, do you have a drink? Do you smoke whatever? And that's that's what it is to now. It's like, hey, here's your whole life. How can we make sure that you're cared for? Because life and work, that line's blurry. So let's take responsibility as an employer and say, let's help you along your pathway. So you start to see more and more of that integrated, Jay. Where do you see that even more? Like maybe what's the next step of that integration when it comes to like, well-being and HR and maybe benefits and
2: Yeah, we keep seeing the evolution of, of wellness to well-being, a holistic program. And that definition of well-being, particularly at an employer, has expanded greatly. It used to be let's just get them to the doctor or let's just bring on a biometric screening crew and have everybody know their numbers. Then it evolves to okay, let's let's get everybody to the doctor, which is great. Now it encompasses everything going on at the organization from from clinical well being to benefit packages to employee engagement. And bringing all of that together is a way that we can help drive not just healthy behaviors, but productivity and positivity and engagement in the organization as a whole. So that means that we, as the wellness vendors out there, have to grow and evolve, which means we have to be. Sort of paying attention to what our employees are asking. So obviously they were asking us about mental health. They're saying Mm. I'm passionate about this. We need support over COVID. And now that we're coming out of that, where people invested heavily into that, not to say that we're, you know, not still needing to continue those those trends, but we're seeing people want to align their work and their life a lot better. We're seeing Uh, We still got ways to go when it comes to physical activity and nutrition, obviously, Um, and uh, mental health is top of mind for a lot of people out there. But I think the next big thing is going to be making sure that you align with your workplace on a personal level, that the values that you hold for you and your family are represented where you work. And we're seeing that in surveys. So employers are starting to get on board with that. And they're starting to say, well, how do we make sure that we're aligning with our people? That means you need to understand your people, not just what their numbers are and not just what they make or what they say on an employee engagement survey, but who they are at their core. And so I think we need to continue to build tools that help leaders, HR professionals, all the way up to the CEO, understand who works for them on a personal level. And that means we also need to understand yourself understand the people that work for you You need to be able to share those results and uh and and get out there and sort of have the tools at your disposal um and we've been we've been building those we feel like we're on the the cutting edge of the definition of well-being right now expanding to employee engagement and career well-being and helping people support themselves and helping leaders support the people that uh, have put their day-to-day trust in them i'm looking forward and this is kind of a look forward to
1: our podcast i hope you guys continue to you know, subscribe and 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 like and review us. But, you know, in in coming um, months, we're going to have um, our friends from Principal You on uh, in our personal, you know, assessment when it comes to just one's behavior. W- what a wonderful way to, if you, if you want to create an inclusive um, environment, figure out how you want to be communicated to, how you communicate to others, and then maybe give that to your manager. Because we all know if your manager's good, you, you're probably pretty good too. Or at least you don't have the stressors, that toxic environment that's pressing down on you on the stress, then that changes your entire health. And so if we can let people get a a better lens of who I am, how I think, um, what my archetype is, that's just another variable of like how we can use data for good in helping people. Leah, when you think about uh, examples of Obviously, I think all three of us understand that well-being is the right thing to do. But we've been in those meetings where it's like, okay, what's the business case for this as we look into, hey, maybe there's some tough times ahead or whatnot. When you think about that, like when you get asked a business case for, where where does your head go?
0: Yeah. So uh, when someone asks business case, right, I ask them, let's define that. What what do you mean by that? What are the things that you are valuing or that you say are going to be ways we can measure what's important to you? And that's different for each client, really. And so I think it's important that you understand that first and then figure out ways that you can use data to measure that. And so I've seen it done a a couple of different ways, right? Where One, of course, is looking at and and trying to create the traditional, what I'll call ROI value right behind medical cost savings. You know, that's kind of the OG way of looking at things. And and there is still value to that. There's still clients asking about that. We all know and, and those that have been working in this industry for a long time know that doesn't happen overnight. And that takes a long time for actual, you know data to show that something has made a difference in in cost savings. And so if if someone says, well, I need to see medical cost savings and that's the only thing I'm going to be looking at, I'll challenge them by saying, I think there's more that you should be looking at when it comes to understanding the value of a well-being program or the value of just well-being in general. We need to look at things like what does it matter to the individual? You know, what is the individual actually participating in? Are
1: we listening? Are
0: we listening to them? Ask them what they think with these, like you were saying with these surveys, one of the best things that I've seen us do is ask not only if they understand what's out there today and their benefits, right? Because there's a lot that employers already have in place. So ask what's going on there. Do they understand what they have available? And if they do, Do they, one, do they value it? And two, do they use it? And I think there's a great combination of value and use there. Let me give you an example. Let's talk about a lot of employers have put in place, you know, childcare programs, right? I value having childcare programs. That's a high value that I I see in having those programs, but I don't use it. And the reason I don't use it is because my kids are now 17 and 20. I don't need childcare anymore.
1: Shelby. Hey Landry. <laughs>
0: Shelby Landry. But um, so just an example there, right, of like that to me, if an employer is listening to their employee and I as a leader in the organization say, I know I've got to have a child care you know, benefit because I've got young people working in this organization and I know what it will do for their lifestyle, for their whole person well-being, even though I show yo- low utilization in it the value can bring so much, right? And that's that yeah. value on investment that conversation that I think needs to be happening.
1: When you look at that on the value side of things of bringing everything underneath like that one roof, what do you see people asking or where do you see successful programs utilizing that that concept?
0: Yes, the the concept and the value of having a hub and one place to go is tremendous. And we all know this, we are bombarded all the time, all day long from different communications, from different things were being asked or shown or, you know, go here on this website to look here go download this app to do this. Or, you know, you're in the moment and you can't think of what the benefit guide, you know, told you. So the hub concept is skyrocketing right now and what clients are asking for and what employers are starting to see true value in. Because if you can just direct people to one place and then from there, allow them to go where they need it. Again, it's going back to a lot of that personalization and that whole approach around what area of well being is top of mind in the moment. That can change day to day. That can change minute to minute. If I get a phone call here in just a minute and my daughter says, mom, I've been in a car wreck whoa, okay, my well-being focus has just changed into this, you know, go mode, right? I've got to like do this and do that. So I think having that central hub is just a, a tremendous value for employers and for individuals, because then you're taking down those uh, hurdles that we put in place to helping people. Yeah. And uh, as as Den Bishop will say, shout out Den, We need to build ramps. We don't need to build hurdles or put hurdles in the way of helping people. And that hub concept is a ramp to getting people where they need
1: to. Jay, you mentioned earlier that folks want to, they want to know that their values align with the organization that they work for. When you think about some of the the groups that, that we work with, are you seeing more and more like their value system and that hub being the front door And that being a
2: benefit of like that one-stop shop. yeah. Talk to me about that. At its core, when well-being is its best, it is an activator for not just the participants that are in the programs, but the other benefits that come along with them. So well-being might be a small but mighty piece that when it's performing its best is getting people to these programs that are specialty. You look at, talk about ROI. Diabetes has been a problem in this country for a while. Communities are, are hit hard with it, but employer groups are hit especially hard from a cl- cost cutting mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, a diabetic participant is going to be ninety six hundred dollars more expensive than mm-hmm. you know a, a regular regular employee. A well being program that doesn't drive people to that program, that program could exist, but if people don't know about it, right there's a there's a huge challenge the well-being program is sitting in the center of employee engagement, healthcare benefits and can drive people to that it can and by doing that it can drive those cost claims down and the same thing for a coaching program or an EAP program or an employee engagement piece or career counseling or what have you the the well-being program can sit right at the middle of all that and be an activator for all these things that are definitely effective but maybe not understood or known. And I think that's where, if if I'm proud of anything that Navigate does from a technology standpoint, it's being able to drive people to other programs that we know will move the needle just as effectively as ours will.
0: And I think that's one thing that we're starting to see some really progressive employers start to realize as well is that well-being, again, means a lot of things, different things to different people and having that hub to connect to not only their traditional benefits, but all those other things that are out there like rewards and recognition and the employee events and volunteering in the community. And I think there's way more that employers are already doing that they don't realize really is a component of well-being and that if you can, you know, take this hub concept and bring all those resources together. It's really going to one be, of course, easier for the individual to find and know and go to. But then really help the individual to understand all the things the employer is doing for them, and connecting back to that, you know, purpose. It's of a
1: retention being. tool. Yes, yes. It's an opportunity to say yes, we have this. But like sometimes I get I get wrapped up. Okay, you want to go ROI? Okay, here's our data. We can show ROI. What I want to talk about is the value because if you're a company that has let's just say um 500 employees you probably have two hr folks and maybe a wellness coordinator maybe if you're lucky if you're lucky so then how are we making sure that they can they can spend their time connecting to the people and thinking about their people first rather than thinking about their technology and the service and everything like that and to me that's where i love the the scalability of what we do right cuz we we started out in the small business space and Believe me, Jay's had we've had these conversations of like you know our largest clients of a quarter of a million employees down to to a hundred employees, but we want to be able to provide to everybody. When you think about the priorities, you mentioned this earlier. Going back to the priorities, it's not this cookie cutter program. It drives. I'm like guys, the priority as an individual mm-hmm. is different. Every single one of us is different. As a company, your priorities are different too. So talk to us what are your priorities? I want to get people to our EAP program. Bam. Let's get that up top first, right? I want to drive people to their doctors and have a relationship with a primary care physician. Awesome. Let's do that. I also want to, you know, really promote our employee assistance programs and and, and, our employee resource groups and things like that and, and, and have people connect. And how do we do that? Awesome. So those are your three priorities. You know, that's where if there's a way for us to do that, how about we do that first? And then we go here instead of like, Okay, here's your well-being platform. Do these five things. Here's the points. Like, I just right. stop. <laughs> just stop. But in, we battle that. Like, yes. like, did they do these things? No, but I promise you, if you'd sit down with us and you look, talk about those priorities, like Leah, like how different they are for different groups. And oh, yes. There's a question in there somewhere. So <laughs> I, uh, I went on a trip. Into- <laughs>
0: that's but, right. Sorry. Yeah, so the, the priorities that, each client, each employer is trying to focus in on or ask about, like I was saying, it varies, right, by each one of them. But what I think is important, like you were saying, Troy, is we've got to t- bring it back to that individual level, right? And if you just keep the pillars of well-being in mind, the whole person focus in mind, and and work with, with someone that can actually help you really ask good questions that help you to understand what it really is you're trying to accomplish and what it is that you really want to see in your people then that's where i think those priorities can start to you know kind of take shape and i feel like we've we heard about the physical part and the wellness part that's where what was ingrained in so many of us for so many years that we're just now starting this next Wave right. We're just now getting to this next level of thinking beyond that. So I think that's where we all get to work together and help the employer, like help them take it to the next step, right? Because that's where they don't always understand what they want their priorities to be.
1: Absenteeism, right? Productivity.
0: But do you want employees. good people, yeah, right? Happy you, employees. That's what they want, right?
1: Age employees. Are you? Are, are they? Are they satisfied with their job? Because all those things, to me, we talk about the engagement equation, like how many variables can we add in that equation to make that person understand that the day-to-day operations is connected to your culture and it's all integrated together. So how do we start to, you know, create that thriving environment for that individual and bring those, bring those variables together to help solve that person?
0: We want them to enjoy coming to work each day. Yeah. How do we help them do that?
1: And work isn't always fun, but like you, you've you got an opportunity to say, hey, there's been a rough day or where can I go to just kind of like watch a, a a meditation or, you know, maybe I'm a manager and I want to I want to become a better leader. And then how, how can I become a better leader? And here's here's some things that I could potentially do. Um, I just I think that there's an opportunity for us to continue to understand that this integrated holistic approach to meet the employee's needs and address those systematic barriers that we have. We can do a lot of good with data. And that's where I think that
2: set your priorities. How can we help? That's what we kind of move on to. So it sounds like we take almost sort of a hippie approach to well being, which couldn't be further from the truth. There is an ROI behind right. every one of these stories we're talking. We're crazy. talking about how leaders are the most important thing. It's true and you don't have a good leader, you are much more likely to move on to another role. And if you're moving on to another role and people are doing that on a regular basis, then you're losing out on that person being around with all of that experience and you have to bring someone on and the cost to to train someone new up. All of that adds up. So doing the right thing for the people that work for you has an ROI. And that's, if Navigate does anything, it shows that ROI as opposed to you know, Yeah, of course, we can show you that you're going to save 1.63% on your claims cost. <laughs> but the real value is the people. Doing
1: good things. Absolutely. So a segment that we're going to have in this podcast is called the best day ever. So at every meeting at Navigate, we start out with like, give us a good. We want to understand something good in someone's life. If someone's not having a the good, then we kind of, hey, can I help out? Whatever. So we always start with the good. Um, and so there's a young lady at work. Um, her name is Marcy, and she noticed that I, you know, happen to love vests. And so she always, whenever I wear a vest, she says, Hey, it's the best day ever. So um, we tie that to doing good things, and it's the best day ever. And so we're gonna have a segment called Vest Day Ever and our podcast. And what this segment's about um is really just combining um, my love for Gene Kranz and uh, being the chief flight director at NASA back in the 60s and 70s and wearing a vest all the time, <laughs> history, um, to finding out some good things that people are doing throughout the community. And we got Leah here and I, I want Leah, one of the good things I know you do and you're celebrating like your 10th anniversary of doing this um, as a leader is that you are going to communities throughout the country every year with your family and you guys are doing some good. So maybe maybe give us a good uh, of what that's all about that you do.
0: Well, before I give you the good, for those that aren't watching this and are just listening, just so you know, Troy is wearing a vest. So he's legit. And and Marcy it, is, nice. is, is <laughs> correct. And the best day ever. I think it's every day for Troy, but that, that's all good. So I'll talk a little bit about what purpose and passion that my family and I have around uh, serving our community and serving our country. So our um, youth group at our church that we've been involved in 20 years ago, they started taking a group of students. So everywhere from middle school to high school, and then uh, some brave adults with them and, and taking them outside of our hometown of Dallas and going to a different city throughout the country. And for an entire week, we go and we um, serve that particular community, city, whatever it may be, and meet the needs of the people in that community. And it's on purpose, right? We do it on purpose because for one, we think it's important that young adults get exposed to other places if they're able to. Uh, We know many times, Kids don't have the privilege of traveling and seeing other things and seeing other communities that are out there, and they're they're just you know stuck in their in their bubble. Um, and so we think it's important that they get exposed to um, the rest of the country. And so we also think it's important that they realize that there is need anywhere you go, and there's a way that they can actually do good for others anytime, anywhere. And so our our purpose behind it is to instill those behaviors in them take them away from their everyday life and yes we do take up phones now right <laughs> so we take them away from their from their social aspects and ha- for a week yeah That's for a impressive. week but they have it on you know occasions when we're not serving or when there's you know a downtime but the majority of the time they are there to work with their hands to look at people to connect with them and to lead with their hearts And so we're training them to do that and making sure they're exposed to that. And so, yeah, we've been doing it for 10 years. I personally my family have been doing it for about 10 years now, been to different cities, um, like I said, all over the country, all the way from New York City, all the way to um, El Paso, Texas and all in between and go for an entire week and find the needs in those communities, whether it be homeless shelters, whether it be food banks, whether it be um, safe Houses for mothers and children or whatever. You guys know there's so many needs out there. And uh and we go and, and serve and and do good for those communities.
2: And
1: what community are you going to this year?
0: So the community this year is actually pretty close to the Midwest here. We're going to Kansas City. Yes, nice. So Kansas City, Missouri, yes, home of the Super Bowl champions. I'm a big fan of that because the Eagles lost. So that was
1: great. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cowboys fan's not gonna be there right? for a while. So
0: well, that's okay, but it's better than the Eagles winning. Um, but yeah, we're going to Kansas City, and um, you know, love to you know to see what's going on in that community and know that there's again there's needs everywhere, right? But we want to get them exposed to awesome. great places.
1: Well done. That that's a best day ever.
0: Okay, best day ever.
1: Jay, what's a good? Give me a good, brother.
2: I'll use this opportunity to promote one of my favorite charities that I've been a fan of for a long time, and. Uh, when I was much younger, a couple of guys, almost about our age, started a uh, web comic, and it was a little irreverent. It's about video games. They've been going for almost twenty years now. Uh, but about I want to say seven, eight years ago, they started a charity called Child's Play, uh, and it's a web comic about video games. And they they started the charity to get games into the hands of children who were at hospitals, mm-hmm. so kids sitting in a hospital mm-hmm. for a long time. Didn't have a lot to do. They had puzzles, you know, maybe not age appropriate, or maybe not enough funding for whatever. So they started charity with one goal to put toys and games and the stuff that kids would need to play with and have a more comfortable experience in uh, in children's hospitals. So, Child's Play Charity, if that's something you're passionate about, I am. Troy, I know you are. Yeah. I know we've got a great children's hospital locally here that is is a place that you can contribute through this charity as well. So I think in my case, I'd say. Child's Play charity, but find something that that you're passionate about, and find a way to give back. And maybe it's not your time, maybe it's your money, maybe it's your word of mouth, maybe it's promotion. But I just want to do a little bit of little bit of something good here. And maybe people haven't been exposed to that. And maybe they can find a way to do a little bit of good. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: It wouldn't it be awesome if your if your employer asked you what's what's important to you and what you'd like to give back to, and maybe they could give back and just
2: add that. I mean, maybe, maybe you can create. take some of those incentive, dollars, and I have incentive to, dollars. I have
0: to give a shout out Holmes Murphy. That is one of the things that we do as an employer is we ask our employees, are there charities or foundations that you want to donate to believe in? And then we d- go and give back and uh, give financially to some of those. And one other plug for Holmes Murphy. Another thing that we get to do is we get two volunteer days off a year. So Two of those days of the week that I'm, I'm going on this trip with these students are used as volunteer time. And I get those paid for because the company believes that we should be invested in and committed to volunteering and giving back. And so we get two days of the year to go specifically serve.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. I got to say my, my best day ever was last week we had our on-site site visit for our summit. And those that have been there, they get it. Um, those that haven't, they they don't know what's coming. You know, so I was in Bolton, Montana um, with some staff, Navigate Family, and then my also my family went as well. And we were able to, you know, check out our venues and see, because we, we want to create that experience for people. And we locked down, um, we're doing a charity concert this year. So we're picking four charities that are going to be able to bring vips and all that kind of stuff and help them raise some money um for these for in bozeman bozeman charities um at a concert that we're putting on for them at our at our summit each year we do that um last year's blank children's hospital this year um is going to be uh four different charities in bozeman and so got to see the venue look at some folks that might be our our band and everything which is wonderful and i just i look at that as like Here's an opportunity for us to give back to the people that are giving to others all year round and we hope that I and mean, you've been there um every year every year
0: and a plug for it if if you can get yourself to the Navigate Summit it is 100% and 25% worth the value, worth the investment. I'd say sign up, go, it's worth it.
1: And somebody asked, like is it a sales like a like a sales thing? <laughs>
0: No, no, it's not. Now you do get to learn about navigate and all the things to come, right? And the roadmap. And of course, that's what you should be telling us about. But uh, but man, it's you a say, laugh,
1: you're gonna laugh, you're gonna cry, you're gonna learn everything. That's day.
0: right. And it's legit true.
1: Thank you guys. Awesome. Jay co-host, first down, awesome. Leah, thanks for being like the first best episode um folks. Um best can only go
0: like, up from here, guys. Best day ever and <laughs> yeah. just
1: grateful for you and all that you do just for us and, and all the people that, that you work with at, at HM. and um, Just everybody, thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to uh, continue to join us. Uh, give us a review. If there's topics that you want to, uh, us to, to visit about, let us know. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. We'd love to learn more about how we can best bring value to you through uh, the People First podcast. And uh, we appreciate you all. Thanks for all that you do for others. Continue to do so because you're worth it. Thanks, everybody. Have a good afternoon. Morning, night, see ya.